And uh, welcome to the Jazz Focus. You're listening to WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana, and I'm your host, John Clark. Thank you for spending some time with us this week. We do some uh, jazz that you might not have heard before. We tend to focus on kind of narrow aspects of jazz recording history. And today we're going to be featuring uh, the playing of a performer whose name has been largely forgotten, but who had quite a bit of experience playing on jazz records of the 1930s and 40s. And his name was Paul Ricci, R-I-C-C-I. I thought it was Ricci for a long time, but uh, he's actually uh, acknowledged on one recording uh, by his bandmates as Paul Ricci. So there we are. So Paul Ricci was a, uh, a white performer. He was a clarinet and saxophone player was born in 1914. By the early 30s, he found himself in New York. Uh, he was obviously a pretty uh, accomplished musician by that point. He was playing with quite a quite a number of, of very good uh, dance bands and later radio bands as well. He was known primarily as a clarinet player, clarinet soloist, but he was very effective on tenor sax as well. And as we see later on, he was known for his bass sax playing. So, he uh, first came to prominence, uh, as prominent as one could be back then, in about 1934 with the Joe Hames Band. Joe Hames led an 
outstanding white dance band that played a lot of jazz. It recorded quite a bit for a, a variety of labels from about 1932 up through the end of the decade. And uh, Haynes himself was a piano player, although not a particularly good one. Uh, he was known for his arrangements. He was an excellent arranger who uh, did work for many bands, but his primary contribution was that he uh, put together very, very good bands himself. And periodically, these bands would be raided by better-known band leaders or on two or three occasions actually taken over uh, in toto with Hames uh, as the arranger. Uh, Tommy Dorsey's first uh, regular band after he broke up with his brother Jimmy Dorsey in 1933-34 was the Joe Hames band of that period. He simply took over that band along with a lot of the Joe Hames arrangements and there you are. Uh, Charles Buddy Rogers, the actor, had a brief flirt as a dance band leader, he too took over the Joe Hames band. Uh, we're going to hear one recording of the violinist Joe Venuti, who took over the band for a one recording date anyway. So uh, these groups were looked at as very musical organizations. We're going to be doing a podcast on the early version of the Joe Hames band in a little while. If you'd like to tune into our podcast station, it's the Jazz Focus on Anchor.fm or Spotify, Apple, what have you. So we're going to start out with uh, a few recordings that were made by uh, Paul Rickey with a group called Threes A Crowd. And uh, this is kind of an interesting uh, experiment group, I guess. I don't know what band these uh, fellows were playing with at the time, but this was from 1938. Ricky uh, did some work with the Paul Whiteman band at the time, but I know uh, he wasn't uh, in the band uh, at this point, which was October of 1938. This group, which was a trio, went into the studios in New York and made six recordings, four jazz standards and two originals for Bluebird, RCA Victor. And the band was Paul Rickey on clarinet, Jerry Sears, who later became a, a pretty noted arranger and transcriber. He even transcribed uh, recordings later on in the 60s of Peter, Paul, and Mary and Bob Dylan, but he used, uh, put out uh, piano arrangements of pop tunes up to that point. And Carl Cress on guitar. We've heard some Carl Cress in past podcasts and shows. He was a, a very good guitar player uh, who followed in the tradition of Dick McDonough and Eddie Lang and so forth, and he had a longer career than either of those uh, worthies who died quite young. Uh, and we're going to hear some recordings under his name a little bit later. But these are the uh, recordings that were made by Theresa Crowd. We started out with an original tune called That's Gut'em, and then followed it up with the uh, Earl Hines and Henri Wood tune, Rosetta. We're going to do two more of those uh, to begin our next set, and then we're going to finish up the program with the final two. These are recordings that, to my knowledge, have never been uh, reissued on LP, let alone CD. I found them on 78s on, online, and so uh, hopefully they're clean enough for you to listen to, and uh, some very good music and some outstanding clarinet playing. He, uh, Ricky, was a, a very, very good technical clarinet player and a good jazz player as well. So we're going to do, as I said, two more tunes. One is called We Want Five. We Want Five, and then Sposen, the uh, 1920s tune. So We Want Five and Sposen by Threes a Crowd. Then we're going to jump over to uh, a semi-big band performance, led by the uh, legendary trombone player of the 1920s, Miff Mole, who was one of the first... Uh, really fine jazz trombonist of the 20s. He predated uh, Jack Teagarden and Jimmy Harrison, uh, and he played in a more mechanical style, I'd have to say, but very technically adept. He later played with the NBC Symphony, and uh, this was after having made literally hundreds of recordings from the mid-1920s to the late 1930s with Red Nichols and, and many other people as well. Uh, we're going to be hearing one tune called 
I Can't Break the Habit of You from February 17th of 1937. This was recorded for Vocalion. We actually heard one other tune from this date on our Midge Williams podcast a while back. This uh, features a vocal by the uh, ubiquitous studio vocalist Chick Bullock and will feature a contribution by Paul Rickey. Also in this band were Harry James and Gordon Griffin and Tony Tortomas on trumpet. Um... James and Griffin, of course, were with the uh, uh, Benny Goodman Band at the time, or shortly to go with the uh, uh, with the uh, Goodman Band. On trombone, we have Miff Mole, Glenn Miller, and Vincent Grund, Paul Rickey on clarinet and tenor sax, Toots Mondello on alto sax, Frank Signorelli on piano, Carl Kress on guitar, Sid Weiss on bass, and Sammy Weiss on drums. So, uh, sort of an all-star collection of uh, swing musicians, some of whom were even uh, on then on the verge of leading their own bands, Harry James and Glenn Miller, for example. Then we're going to finish up that set with two tunes that Ricky recorded uh, in a studio group accompanying the vocalist Bob Howard. Bob Howard was a, uh, a very busy pianist. He was an African-American entertainer, sort of along the lines of Fats Waller. Um, and he made quite a few recordings in the 1930s as piano player, but more uh, often as the leader of a studio band, a put-together little jazz band uh, that would do pop tunes of the day that Howard would sing. And we're going to hear two things from Dave in March and April of 1936. Um, actually, I have to take that back, from February and March of 1936, all recorded for the DECA label. Uh, we're going to hear Spreadin' Rhythm Around and If Love is Blind. Spreadin' Rhythm Around was a tune that was also done by Fats Waller for some comparison. Al Filburn on trombone, Paul Rickey on clarinet, a tenor sax player, we're not sure who, it might be Babe Russin, who was on the previous dates, although it doesn't sound like him, and Stan King on drums, with Bob Howard taking the vocals. So those are our tunes for this first set. Uh, three's uh, a crowd, which we'll be doing We Want Five and Sposen, then Miff Mullen and Orchestra, I Can't Break the Habit of You, and Bob Howard and his orchestra, Spreading Rhythm Around, and If Love is Blind.
Your magic is tragic, I'm going crazy. You have really got the best of me. I love you, so what can I do? I can't break the habit of you. Putting tempo in old Manhattan Everybody is out high hatting Spread rhythm around, yeah Everywhere you go, trumpets blaring Drums and saxophones ripping tearing Everybody you meet is raring Spread rhythm around Up in Harlem and any flat They give it that thing Which according to one and all is what they call swing, boy. Those who can't afford silks and satins, dames with gigolos who are Latin, come from Yonkers, the bunks and Staten, just spin rhythm around. that swing, <laughs> which according to one and all is what they call swing. 
you And if love is blind How you wanna see if she cares Well, a certain feeling Set your senses reeling Till the floor is ceiling Dance round with the chairs <laughs> If love is blind How you gonna see when she's smiling Let her smile means all is well Cause if you're dancing, walking in the rain The drops taste like champagne It's all a state of mind Cause love is blind Very engaging entertainer, a pretty good piano player in his own right, although he didn't play on those sides. We ended up with uh, If Love is Blind from March of 1936 for the Decca label. Uh, we heard a clarinet solo by Paul Rickey in there and an unknown tenor saxophone player playing kind of a hotel band uh, tenor introduction. You can hear some clarinet in the background, so it wasn't Ricky in that case. Uh, the previous song, however, spreading rhythm around, I believe it was Ricky playing tenor sax, because I think you can only hear one reed player in there. You hear uh, Al Filburn on trombone and a nice little Bunny Berrigan trumpet solo, and on both of those tracks you heard Frank Signorelli doing a piano solo. So, two Bob Howard tracks featuring Paul Rickey. Before that, we went to um, Miff Mole and his orchestra, and this was a, a kind of a studio big man put together for a date in February of 1937, and we heard I Can't Break the Habit of You with a vocal by Chick Bullock and a very good clarinet solo by Rickey. Before that, we heard those two interesting sides by... Um, uh, three's a crowd, and uh, as I said, that was uh, those were um, sides that were done by Paul Rickey on clarinet, Carl Kress on guitar, and Jerry Sears on piano. And the first tune we heard at the outset of the program, That's Gut'em, was actually an older tune. It was composed by the vaudeville novelty early jazz clarinet player Wilbur Sweatman, and he had recorded that um, 20 years before these recordings were made in October of 1938 uh, for the Bluebird label. But we started out that session with a Jerry Sears tune called We Want Five, and then followed that up with Sposen, both featuring really fine playing by Carl Kress on guitar and especially Paul Rickey on clarinet, who had a very nice, almost legitimate clarinet tone. He obviously had some uh, extensive training, and later on in life, he played more studio dates, radio shows, and ultimately did concert band work. He played clarinet uh, in a clarinet choir with, I think, Vincent Abato, and he recorded uh, on Paul Laval's albums in the 1950s, I believe. He was playing bass sax on some of the concert band recordings that he did, so a very, very accomplished musician. We're going to move into the 1940s, and Paul Ricci, a 
with one exception anyway, but we're going to hear some more, um, I guess, modern-sounding recordings. This next one is by a group that recorded for RCA Victor in 1947. It's called Brad Gowans and His New York Nine. And granted, the tune we're going to hear uh, doesn't feature a lot of Paul Ricci, uh, Ricky. Um, he plays bass sax on this, and he does some trades with the trumpet player, who happens to be Billy Butterfield. But this is really a feature for Brad Gowans on valve trombone. He was an interesting musician who came out of Boston, recorded quite a bit in the 1920s, not quite a bit, but a few tunes, uh, where he was the band leader. He also played, in addition to trombone, uh, alto sax, clarinet, and trumpet, and he was pretty accomplished on all of them, but he became known as a valve trombone player and an arranger. He played with the Eddie Condon groups in the 19... Um, 30s, he was known as the chief arranger for Bud Freeman's Summa Cum Laude Band, uh, and he did lots of other sessions during that period. So this particular tune will feature, in addition to Paul Rickey on bass sax and Billy Butterfield on trumpet, Brad Gowans on trombone, Arthur Rellini on tenor sax, Joe Dixon on clarinet, Joe Bushkin on piano, Tony Colucci on guitar, Jack Lesberg on bass, and Dave Truff on drums. These were all musicians who were known uh, as Dixieland and big band musicians of the 30s, and here uh, getting some exercise in the 1940s. So that will be the first tune. After that, we're going to hear... Um, a uh, side called the Junkman Rag from Dean Kincaid's band. And uh, this was a recording for Capitol Records um, in the 1940s. And this uh, will feature uh, a similar type of group. We will hear, actually, uh, Yank Lawson on trumpet. We'll hear Toots Mondello on alto sax. We actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago on this show, did a Toots Mondello program, and we heard a different tune, Scattle de Mooch, from this session. We're going to be hearing Junkman Rag, as I mentioned, but Toots is on alto, Peanut Sacco on clarinet, Paul Ricky on tenor on this one, Dean Kincaid on baritone sax, Dave Bowman on piano, Cuddy Cutshaw on trombone, Trigger Alpert on bass, and Carl Kress on guitar. And uh, that will be the band for this one. And I didn't mention Ray Baduke on drums, so that'll be the Junkman Rag. Following that, we're going to hear uh, uh, an interesting and little-known session for Capitol Records. This is by Carl Kress and his uh, quintet, I guess, or sextet. We're going to hear two tunes. We're going to hear the Swan of Tunnel uh, Avenue. Actually, the first tune we're going to hear is... Blonde on the Loose, followed by the Swan of Tunnel Avenue. And these were recorded in 1947 uh, with two guitars, Carl Kress playing solo and Tony Matola playing rhythm guitar, Paul Ricky on clarinet, Bob Haggard on bass, and Terry Snyder on drums. And these are Carl Kress compositions. So some interesting jazz here. A little bit out of the swing era, but an interesting, uh, interesting sound, certainly. Then we're going to go back in time a little bit and hear uh, from Joe Hames' big band. And this will be from 1934. Um, uh, this was done for OK and was actually uh, issued under Joe Venuti's name, Joe Venuti the Great Violinist, and he's featured on this recording, of The Goblin Market, which was a tune that was composed, I believe, and arranged by Spud Murphy. And we're going to be doing a show on Spud Murphy at some point in the future. And this has the standard um, Joe Hames band, which was Pee Wee Irwin, Roy Wager, and Cliff Weston on trumpet, Ward Silloway and Joe Yule on trombone. In the saxophone section, Toots Mondello, Danny DeAndre on clarinet and alto sax, Bud Freeman and Paul Ricci on tenors, and in this case, Paul Ricci takes the tenor solo. I actually don't think uh, Bud Freeman is on this session. Uh, Paul Mitchell on piano, Gene Traxler on bass, and Charlie Bush on drums, and, of course, Joe Venuti on violin, and his right-hand man at the time, Frank Victor, on guitar, and that'll be Goblin Market. So those will be the tunes we'll hear. 
So, our set, the uh, performance of Jada by uh, Brad Gowans, New York Nine, Junkman Rag by Dean Kincaid and his orchestra, Blonde on the Loose and the Swan of Tunnel Street by uh, Carl Kress and his quintet, and Goblin Market, Joe Haynes and his orchestra, featuring Joe Venuti. Thank you. 
started out with Brad Gowans and his New York Nine doing Jada, featuring himself, Brad Gowans, on valve trombone, but some good bass sax work by uh, Paul Rickey in there, trading with Billy Butterfield on trumpet. And as I mentioned, Paul Rickey became known, I guess, as a sax player in concert band uh, recordings. He recorded with Paul Laval and uh, I think some other groups, too. And uh, he had a very busy career as a studio musician after this, after the 1940s, and uh, playing for a variety in a variety of different settings, occasionally coming back and doing some jazz. He lived until 2001. I'm not sure what he was doing towards the end of his career, but uh, uh, he certainly did quite a lot of... Uh, music and quite a few recordings that are notable during the 1930s and 40s. So after Jada, we went to Dean Kincaid's band and Junkman Rag, featuring uh, uh, Paul uh, Ricky on tenor sax in that case, and we heard some Yank Lawson on trumpet as well. Following that, we heard the two tunes by Carl Cress's quintet, uh, featuring Carl Cress on guitar and composition. The two tunes were uh, Blonde on the Loose and The Swan of Tunnel Street, also both featuring Paul Ricky on his, I guess you'd have to say his main instrument, clarinet. Very, very good clarinet player. And then a little reach back in time to 1934 and heard the Goblin Market, which was composed and arranged by Spud Murphy for the Joe Hames Orchestra. They recorded it under Joe Hames' name, but this recording was uh, a different recording that was released under Joe Venuti's name and featured Joe Venuti and Frank Victor playing a guitar and violin duet in there. Also some Paul Rickey on tenor sax and Ward Silloway on trombone. So I want to thank you for joining us today. We have two more tunes we're going to do, but uh, you've been listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. Hope you're enjoying these programs. Got lots more to come, and uh, we're going to finish up this uh, salute to a very little known, in fact, I guess you'd have to say unknown, uh, denizen of the swing era, Paul Rickey. Um, and the two tunes we have left are the remaining two tunes from the session we started with, the Threes a Crowd session that featured Ricky on clarinet, Jerry Sears on piano, and Carl Kress on guitar, done for Bluebird Records in 1938. And the two tunes we have remaining are the Dallas Blues, recorded, or rather, uh, composed by Hart Wand uh, in the 1910s. This was one of the first blues ever published, and uh, was a jazz standard in the 1930s. And then we're going to finish up with I Would Do Anything For You, composed by Alex Hill and Claude Hopkins. Claude Hopkins' band used that as a theme song. In fact, we heard uh, a podcast on the Hopkins Band a while back, uh, split with Chick Webb, and I think we heard a version of this tune. Uh, if not, we will be hearing one coming up. So once again, this is John Clark in the Jazz Focus. Hope you've enjoyed this, and we're going to finish up with Three's a Crowd on Dallas Blues, and I would do anything for you. <laughs> 